3: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. My name is Cassie Wienis. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. Even more important, I'm the mom of two wonderful kids who are likely eating their breakfast right now with one ear glued to the radio. So before we go any further, hello to my almost six-year-old Riley, and hello to Rissy, my four-year-old. And I want to give a big thank you to all of you out there in listener land for tuning in this morning. You are in for a great show. Today's topic is GERD, otherwise known as acid reflux or heartburn. And in studio with me today to share her expertise is Mary Hauge. Mary Hauge is a mom. She's an avid gardener, I know, because she's shared some of her delicious homegrown tomatoes. Those were awesome. And she's also the cook manager at Groveland Elementary in Minnetonka. And she's a nutrition educator for nutritional weight and wellness. She's very busy. Yeah. Welcome, Mary. Little. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Cassie. Um, I have to say good morning to my sister in law, Jean, who actually lives in your neck of the woods. Ah, oh, she Saint lives. St. Michael? Yep. She lives in St. Michael. And I know she's listening Hi, this morning because um, her daughter is having issues with GERD with her new grandbaby. Oh, we're going to talk about babies. um, I had told them to tune in because this would be a great topic with you on talking about the struggles you've had with your kids. Yeah.
3: Great to be here. Wonderful. Um, Yeah, and you know, I've been joking with you, we're going to be known as the GERD girls (laughs) soon. (laughs) What a name. Yeah.
0: I know. And it wasn't too long ago that we were on with this same subject, but it seems to be at the forefront now, especially with how popular these uh, medications are for acid reflux. Yeah, and we both have such um, a ton of life history with <laughs> aren't this aren't we subject, lucky? <laughs> so Dar um, kind of keeps pairing us up, which is fine with me because I have a great time with you. So. Oh,
3: it's fun being on the radio with you. I, you know, you're easy and fun to chat with. We never have a problem finding things <laughs> to talk about. Hopefully, we'll we'll stay on topic That's today. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about continually being associated with digestive problems, but. Um,
0: yeah, wouldn't you know. health food junkies or nutrition freaks or fashion yeah. queens or something Yeah. a little
3: bit more, but GERD yeah. girls well. GERD girls. Maybe <laughs> they could just call us GG. That's right. That sounds a little better. That's right. But we do have expertise, whether we ever wish for it or not. We do have expertise in this area of acid reflux, and we both like to help people, and that's exactly what we plan to do today is help listeners get rid of their acid reflux.
0: That's right. So before we actually get to um, how you get rid of it, let's talk a little bit about what acid reflux um, entails. Because, you know, going through this for 25 years, I never really knew the definition, but now that I know, I had all the symptoms. So here we go. So um, some people are told they have gastroesophageal reflux disease, which is short for GERD, G-E-R-D, In either case, basically the same thing is happening. Um, Acid from the stomach is backing up into the esophagus, and usually this causes an awful burning sensation or what you would call heartburn. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why reflux is associated with heartburn, and it's that burning in the middle of your chest.
3: Right, so when you think about it, heartburn is actually a symptom, a possible symptom of acid reflux, and it's probably the most common symptom, but some people have acid reflux and never experience that heartburn. So some other body signs to be thinking about that could be indicating reflux are just regurgitating that food. You know, maybe you don't get that burning right in the middle of your chest, but if foods are coming back up into your throat or fluids... Or trouble swallowing. I remember one of my first years, um, one of my first months probably, working here at Nutritional Weight and Wellness and having a client describing to me this surgery she had to go through to stretch out her esophagus because she was having trouble swallowing. And I was like, oh, my goodness, how awful, wonder why that is. Mm -hmm. Well, now I know she was having reflux for years. I didn't know that connection then, and she wasn't getting heartburn. So she didn't even realize she was having reflux, but it can cause a tightening of the esophagus over time and you have trouble swallowing, frequently getting the hiccups. And I saw this in Riley back before we figured out his acid reflux. He'd get the hiccups probably every other day.
0: You know, and Cassie, someone just asked me about that in class the other night. Ah,
2: now you can go back
0: with an answer. I don't know if it's a relative or a friend
3: that has chronic hiccups. (sighs) And I told them to tune in today. Oh, good. You knew. Yay. So, yes, hiccups um, can be, you know, not every time, but it's pretty common that if you're frequently getting them, it's actually acid reflux. A chronic cough would be another sign that there's fluid backing up in there. And then excessive saliva production is a body sign of reflux that comes up quite a bit when you start researching. And I remember back when we were still trying to figure out the cause of my son Riley's reflux, And at that time, we still had him on a low dose of antacid so he could get some sleep at night. But he was still having some reflux, and he would constantly chew on his favorite blanket during the day. Or sometimes he'd chew on the sleeve of his sweatshirt if we were out and about, and he didn't have his blanket with him. And now, looking back, now that I know what I know, and I knew in my mind at the time, I knew it was something to do with his reflux. Well, you produce excess saliva, and you're trying to get rid of it. You're a kid, you're going to chew on things.
0: And I've seen other kids do that over the years and had no idea that there was a connection there. So that's really interesting. And I bet Riley no longer has to chew on his clothing or his
3: blankets. And it's probably a relief to all of you. Right, because he would take that blanket to daycare and then he'd be (laughs) chewing on it later that day. So yeah, no more chewing. I am happy to say we are reflux-free and that is without the use of antacids. And I know um, you know this, Mary, but for listeners who haven't heard my son's story before, I was extremely eager to get Riley off of antacids as soon as I started working here at Nutritional Weight and Wellness five years ago because I began to learn about all of the awful side effects of long-term antacid use. And I didn't know that until I started work here. These were things the doctors never mentioned to me.
0: Yeah, and so let's talk a little bit about what the side effects are um, So Cassie, can you tell before we get into that, tell the listeners
3: what are the common names of antacids that are currently on the market? Right. Good idea because maybe some people are on antacids and and don't even know quite for sure if that's an antacid or not. So the list is long. I'll name some of the most common ones, starting with my firstborn's regimen. At three months old, Riley was put on Zantac by the doctor's. That didn't work. They moved him up the ladder to Prilosec, another antacid. And then the final one he was on was Prevacid. So Zantac, Prilosec, Prevacid, three very common antacids. Some other common ones are Nexium, you know, the little purple pill, Tagament, Protonix, Asifex, and Zagrid.
0: And I was asking beforehand, because I know during my years when I was going through um, all of this issue, I drank Malox by the bottles full, and I also took a lot of rollades and Tums. And so those are in the same grouping, but right. they do different things in your body, as we discussed. Um, right, but they would be antacids as well. You're right. right. So, so let's talk about some of the bad side effects from these antacids for all the listeners that may be unaware, because I know when I was put on Zantac, Um, I was told I could be on this for life and that there was no harmful side effects. And the two I was on was Zantec and Tagament. Uh. Um, So let's talk about that because before you came to weight and wellness, nutritional weight and wellness, you were not aware, and I certainly wasn't aware in my 20s, that there could
3: be any harm from taking these long term. Right. And obviously there are a lot of doctors unaware because if they knew these bad side effects, they would not be out there saying You can take them for life. The first potential side effect that comes to my mind is iron deficiency. And one of the body signs of iron deficiency is peeling nails. Riley's nails used to peel terribly when he was a toddler. But now that he's been off of antacids for, I suppose, going on two years now, he has very healthy-looking, very strong nails. And another adverse side effect, which I learned about through my
0: education with nutritional weight and wellness is that um, antacids actually cause a B12 deficiency in your body? Mm-hmm. Um, these antacids stop or at least greatly inhibit the stomach's acid production and malabsorption of vitamins um, like B12. So that's yeah. that can be extremely dangerous as well because we know that B12 deficiency can lead to um,
3: numbness and nerve damage. Yes. So right, B12 has everything to do with your nerve. And your brain functions. So if you're having tingling sensations in your hands and feet or if you're having memory problems and you're on an antacid, maybe we just solved your problem. And think about osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a huge
0: buzzword these days, osteoporosis, osteopenia. Have you ever connected the fact that if you are on an acid blocker that you are also not absorbing your calcium because of that? Right. And that can start... In your bones. And how scary is that?
3: Yep. I had a nurse, or I have a nurse who's a return client of mine, and we're working on a lot of things and making some great progress. But at one point here, a few months back, she showed up in my office and, and she said, okay, today I want you to help me come off of this antacid because I, since I saw you last, she said, my doctor put me on this antacid, and I know that they can cause osteoporosis. So it's not Good just us her. saying it. Yeah, it's, it's the nurses, too. I mean, if you just dig a little bit, you'll yeah. find this research. Um, and the list doesn't stop there. Bacterial infections and restless leg syndrome are two more possible side effects of long-term use of drugs like Pri- Prilosec, Prevacid, um, you know, the Zantac's.
0: Yeah, and those are really scary side effects, especially for something that um, you know is a lot of times claimed to be totally safe, and you can be on it forever. And um, and the yeah. use of these antacids is growing dramatically. I mean, if you go to a big box store, you can now buy Prilosec in huge <sighs> boxes at Costco, so it's readily available to anybody that is who wants so it. So
3: wrong, yeah. So wrong because in so many ways, right, because you should not be taking it long-term. So why should you be able to buy a big, huge quantity? You know what? It is already time for our first break. Stay with us, though, because after the break, Mary has some very interesting research regarding the use of these drugs like Prevacet and Prilosec and the development of food allergies. So stay tuned. And if you want to join our conversation today, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071.
0: welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just joining us, my name is Mary Hauge, and I am a nutrition educator at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and I'm here this morning with my favorite uh, GERD girl,
3: uh, registered
0: dietitian Cassie Weenas.
3: Yes, we've been calling ourselves the GERD girls. Sorry, I'm playing with my headphones over here. They're <laughs> coming in and out. Um We've been calling ourselves the GERD girls because for some reason we always get paired up to do these acid reflux shows. Yes, we know our stuff. That's right.
0: So um, you mentioned before break that there's new research talking about Prevacid and Prilosec and food allergies. So the research I have here was published in 2009 in the American Journal of Gastroenterology, and it's showing a possible link between long-term use of the class of antacids called proton pump inhibitors, or PPIs for short, and the development of food allergies.
3: Yes, so the proton pump inhibitors are antacids like Prevacid and Prilosec. And now you can also get the generic for Prilosec over the counter, which is called Omeprazole. So that would also be in the same class of drugs.
0: Yeah, and really an awful side effect. I don't know why people besides us aren't talking about the harmful side effects. Mm -hmm. So, Cassie, I know your son had quite a few food um, allergies and some that you've more recently discovered. Have you ever thought that maybe it was because he was on Prevacid for a number of years and also he was so little when he was started on them?
3: Yeah, I know. Such a harsh drug. And and I kind of mentioned they tried to start us on Zantac, which I think is maybe a little milder um but it he he had some awful side effects from that Zantac so we yeah ended up on the prevacid for like you said a number of years i am almost positive that's why he has additional allergies and i tell you if i had a nickel for every time i've thought to myself if i had only known then what i know now you know think how much better off we could be but we just have to do the best with the information we have at the time, and I am glad to have found Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and I'm I'm starting to heal him, hopefully. But not only is he allergic to gluten and dairy, but we more recently found out that he has um, allergies to corn, soy, peanuts, tree nuts, and eggs, and I do think that was because of years of that Prevacid.
0: And I don't know about you, but um, and I guess I do know about you, Cassie, but... <laughs> The listeners, um, if you read labels at all, you will find that corn is basically uh, in
3: everything and soy. I mean, once you
0: you get an allergy to it, you you really
3: realize, and it makes you mad. And it's
0: just it's in every label because Mm -hmm. it's used as a filler and it's Mm -hmm. cheap and whatever. And so, when you have kids with these kind of issues, it's a lot to juggle. It's overwhelming. We get that, and you know, working in a school, I see this all. Oh sure. And so I just my just my heart goes out to these kids because I know what they're struggling through. Yeah. So how did you find out about the additional allergies that he had?
3: Well, you know, I mentioned um, or maybe I didn't mention it yet. We'll talk about it sometime here throughout the show a little more extensively, but we had did enterolab testing two years ago when we were trying to find some resolve for his awful reflux. And like I mentioned, we'll talk more about that lab if anybody's interested. But through Entero Lab, we found out that Riley has gluten and dairy allergies. We took him off of the gluten and dairy reflux resolved. And I think that was September of 2009, if I'm remembering right. But then that following spring, Riley started to develop some additional symptoms and it was kind of scary. He would have episodes of not being able to catch his breath. Oh. And it wasn't after anything extensive. I mean, I remember one day walking to the park and we only got to the end of the block. And he sat down and started to whimper because he was scared because he couldn't catch his breath. Wow. Um, and then I remember one day just driving to daycare. So when he's not even, you know, doing any Active. type of physical activity right. and he's in the back seat can't catch his breath and then he started going to the bathroom all the time Mm. and not pooping I'm talking peeing peeing every 10 to 15 minutes some days I would write down the time each time because I was in disbelief and it was every 10 to 15 minutes he was peeing and he started wetting the bed and he had never wet the bed he went from diapers to big boy undies never wet the bed and all of a sudden now and I suppose he was about at that time, he starts wetting the bed. So I knew things were wrong or something was wrong. And so we made an appointment at Allergy Associates in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I know a lot of listeners have heard of Allergy Associates. For those of you that haven't, I guess in a nutshell, I would describe them as an allergy clinic that helps you identify and treat the cause of your allergies, not just the symptoms. And they do this through these allergy drops that you take under your tongue. So, through this testing with Dr. Mary, who I found very helpful, we found out that he has the corn, the soy, the peanuts, the tree nuts, and the eggs. And you know what? We took all those things out of his mm-hmm. diet. And in 24 hours, all of those scary symptoms of not being able to breathe, peeing every 10 minutes, and wetting the bed gone within 24 hours. That's pretty incredible, isn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> I mean, think where he would be.
0: Yeah. I mean, he'd it... be
3: on asthma medication and wearing. Underoos to bed and right. having self esteem you know, issues and because, because of that. Six. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I mean, and it's heartbreaking enough to have your child go through a cold, <laughs> right? Or you know when they're just not feeling well, but to have things they're like that affecting you just them feel, socially, yeah, it's you know as a mother that's there's nothing worse mm-hmm. to me. I agree. I agree. So I'm glad you will now have him on the right track because, yeah. and I remember when you announced that he was diagnosed with celiac, and I said yeah. to you, think about how fortunate he's going to be because he's little. Yeah. And so many people don't find it till later on in life, and they've suffered so many years, and then, yeah. you know, it's it's even worse. So starting him as a little kid, awesome job, yeah. Cassie.
3: Yeah, you know, at the time, i I suppose I appreciated all those comments, but I still was in that state <laughs> of mind of like, Oh, Oh, this is so awful. And now, honestly, I can say I think it's a blessing because we can't eat junk. Right. We have to eat real foods or we really feel like crap in our household. And thank goodness, because otherwise those junky foods, especially for kids, once they get out and have a little independence, start to call their names. Right. Right. But, you know, back to these antacids, I just want to say I find it really scary that these antacids are available over the counter. So, you know, you can buy Prilosec. Like I said, it's the omeprazole is the generic name. You can buy it over the counter without a doctor's advice. And and I don't think enough people read the package insert on these antacids. And I have a box of omeprazole at home because before we had figured out Riley's reflux, I was trying to find a cheaper way to manage things. Mm-hmm. I was paying $100 a month oh. for his prescription Prevacid. That's a little kid dose. And that was after insurance coverage, $100 oh. a month. So I had picked up at one point from Target this box of Omeprazole, and I was reading it last night as I was thinking about the radio show for today. And when you look on the back of the box, big, bold letters, it says do not use for more than 14 days. And it says that on the inside package insert too. Yeah. And yet the doctors had told me that Riley might have to be on these for the rest of his life, just like they had said that to yep. you. And
0: can you imagine the health of mm. that child, your little boy, if he had to still be on those. I mean, or,
3: or like you said, when we were talking in the break room, thank goodness that something in your yeah. intuition said, get off of this Zantac. Oh, Because those. Yeah. what would that have done to your health? And I surely
0: wasn't wise in my 20s, let me tell you
3: that. <laughs> no. Maybe, are you sure it was intuition? Maybe you just started forgetting yeah. to take them every day. Maybe Dar started to talking to me
0: subliminally.
3: Well, I tell you, I think she's <laughs> a little, um, yeah, has a little. Way back then bit of superhumanness in her, so she probably could do that. But I think so. But, yeah, you know, think about it. If any of you listening have been on antacids for 8, 9, 10 years, because that's sure not an uncommon story oh, for no, me to hear. Not. And I'm sure from your class participants mm-hmm. you hear that too. So if you're one of those people and you have thinning hair or if you have really um, poor nails that are peeling or soft, if you've been diagnosed with osteopenia or osteoporosis, maybe this is all linked back to that long-term antacid use.
0: Yeah, and Cassie, I'm guessing you haven't told your son's story from beginning to end yet this morning um, because you're probably tired of repeating it. Kind of. I think it can be really powerful for listeners to hear, you know, the synopsis of everything your family went through because um, a lot of people haven't heard Riley's story before.
3: Yeah, you are probably right, and... um And I do want to help people out. So I'm going to repeat that story, but first we're going to take a quick break. And um, before we go to break, I just want to give you some food for thought. Do you have a child at home that's struggling with some health concerns? Maybe it's asthma. Maybe it's acne. Maybe it's ADHD. We have a great class coming up next week that can really help. And Mary's going to tell you all about it when we come back from break. And if you have questions today regarding acid reflux, call us here at 651-641-1071.
0: Talking about GERD and acid reflux. And Cassie mentioned before break that we have a fun and upbeat class geared toward young adults that can be life changing. If you have a child struggling with asthma or a child that's overweight, or maybe it's simply their acne you want to help clear up, the class is called Nutrition for Young Adults. It's being taught Monday, October 17th um, by Kristen in our Minnetonka um, Community Ed location. From five thirty to seven thirty, you can contact us um, on the website uh, weightandwellness.com, dot or if you have questions about the class, six five one six
3: nine nine three four three eight. I hear great feedback about that class. I that's the only one I think I have never taught. Kristen Me always. Kristen always gets it. Yeah, but you know, she's single. She's upbeat. She she really connects with those kids well. So I am, if, if we get a chance, going to tell Riley's story, if you think that'll be helpful, Mary. But you know what? We have a lot of callers. So um, we're going to go to line one and take Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition.
1: Thank you. Um, I just have a, I don't know if it's even a quick question. It might be a <laughs> complex question. Um, I, w- I am a postpartum doula. I work with families um, once they come home from the hospital with their babies. Um, I would say 85% of my clients breastfeed. However, babies come home on formula, and it seems like pretty rapidly um, that they're getting acid reflux or getting, you know, spitting up more often. And they're just thrown on these medications. And how... You know, one of the things that doulas do is advocate. They, you know, they try to inform clients, but we don't, I don't want to get outside of my scope of practice either. How can I help them understand that it's not always the best thing to be put on these medications? Oh,
3: great question. Do you want to just hang up and listen? Sure, I would love to. That is a great question I'd like to address. So, um, yeah, and isn't that interesting how she has noticed the formula fed seem to have more reflux, which certainly would make sense in our mind. You know, we talk about, and and Mary, this is probably even fresher in your head because you regularly teach the Mm -hmm. weight and wellness series, and I'm seeing a couple of those slides right now in my head. We talk about how mother's breast milk is your first source of good bacteria. So if, if the mom's coming home with the new baby, and for whatever reason, I'm certainly not judging people, but if you come home and choose to formula feed There's not good bacteria there. So what we recommend is start that little baby, and you can do this from day one, start that little baby on some good bacteria, and we recommend bifido because that's what you would find in mother's breast milk, the strain called bifido. Right, and the ultra bifidus is a powdered form, and
0: so the way we recommend these women to give it to their babies is to just wet their pinky finger and just give a little Pinch or a little dip into that powder, and then have yep. the baby suck it off their finger um, 10 to 15 minutes before they're going to feed them. Yep. That's usually what you tell them.
3: Yep, and you can do that once or twice a day and then work up to an eighth of a teaspoon with those really little ones of that Um And oftentimes, oftentimes that does it. Yeah. So um, I think that is a very, very safe and very helpful tip For Margaret to be passing on. And we sell that at our
0: offices, but I know um, some of the whole food stores might have a good probiotic like that as well.
3: And you just want to make sure it's a pure strain of bifidobacteria. That's what should make up 70% of the good bacteria in the intestinal tract. So you want to start there. And when you get these combination products that have four or five different strains in them... The different strains seem to compete for space and you really don't get your best uptake. Mm. So look for that pure strain. And Mary mentioned that brand Ultra Bifidus, which I love. That's by a company called Metagenics. We do carry that. And also a lot of chiropractors in town Mm -hmm. carry that. So if you have a good chiropractor, you might want to check there too. Let's go to, I think Deanne was waiting the longest here. Deanne, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Thanks for listening. Deanne?
2: Yes. Good Hi. morning.
3: Hi. Good morning. Did you have a question for us? Yes,
2: I do. Um, I just started listening to your program a few weeks ago, and I'm very interested in what you have to say. But um, I have had I have had GERD for years, and have been on medication for it, and all these different for heartburn and that. And I've had mm-hmm. the backup and everything like that. And right now I'm on um, omeprazole. Yep. And I've been on it for years. And you were saying that um it could cause an iron deficiency and mm-hmm. also um b twelve deficiency um I have just been diagnosed with the osteoporosis uh-huh. and i'm just one, and I'm beginning to believe maybe by being on these acid anti acids that that might have caused it
3: it it absolutely could have it um didn't. and if it didn't fully cause it, it was certainly a contributing factor mm-hmm. um so, you know, it, it, it kind of sounds like you're asking what to do, how to get off. Is that kind of the question? Yes,
2: and, and um, I do take um, um, during the week ultrazyme and also um, um, acidophilus, acidophilus um, because I heard when you're on these, these prescription um, anti-acids that over the years it could cause esophageal cancer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and and so I I only take the um, the prescription medication on weekends because I don't want to, sure, you know, but maybe I should get myself off of it completely and just take the uh, vitamins.
3: Yeah, I I think so. And if you wouldn't mind, Deanne, if you want to hang up and listen, I think now would be a great time for Mary and I to talk about some steps to completely getting off of antacids, because I bet a lot of listeners have the same question as you.
2: Yes, and I would like to get the phone number for your North Oaks branch because I would like to come in for individual consultation.
3: Oh, wonderful. So, um Mary, we just call the main number right yeah. and then it'll they'll, they'll tell you. They'll look up the North Oaks schedule. So, the number is 651 mm-hmm. 699. Okay.
2: 3438 3438 okay thank you i really appreciate it oh and-
3: thanks so much for listening and and great comments and we're going to talk once you hang up here about how to come off those antacids okay thank you very much you bet mm-hmm. bye bye um you know i think i'm just going to give a super brief little comment here about riley cuz we have even more callers and i know we have to get another break in yet But Mary had mentioned maybe telling Riley's story is helpful for other people. What I'm going to say about my son is that he was started on antacids at three months old. This is before I was working at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, so Mm -hmm. all I knew was to do what the doctor told me. And I kind of mentioned before, um, earlier in the hour, we went from Zantac to Prilosec to Prevacid, and Prevacid finally was one that kind of seemed to help. And he was on antacids. Uh, from three months to one year old, then we were able to come off for a little bit, but then about two and a half or three years old, the reflux came back with a vengeance, and we were back on them, in and out of GI doctors' offices, lots of testing, an endoscopy, which is a really awful thing to have mm-hmm. to watch your four-year-old go through, um, and and no resolve. All they wanted to do was dose him up higher and higher on these antacids. And so finally, I gave in. I should have listened to Dar right from the beginning. But finally, I gave in. And what Dar had been kind of um, suggesting that I do is, is maybe take him off of gluten and dairy. Well, I wanted to do some testing on that. So I went through this Entero Lab mm-hmm. that I mentioned. And if you want to find out more about Entero Lab, you can go to their website, EnteroLab.com. E N T E R O L A B.com. They're a lab down in Texas, but you do all this stool testing through the mail, so it's it's really a very easy process. They're accredited, they're licensed. What we found out through them is that Riley has gluten and dairy allergies. And when we took him off of the gluten and the dairy, the reflux resolved. So that's a first um, thought, you know, thinking of Deanne, our caller, and she's still on this omeprazole. She has been for years. Now she has significant bone loss You need to get off of these antacids. There's a reason why it says don't take them for more than 14 days Mm -hmm. at a time. The drug company knew from their research there were bad side effects. That's why they had to put that bold label on there. So consider some possible food sensitivities. Another big one, and Mary, you mentioned it to me in the break room, sugar, right?
0: And it's funny because when I was going through this myself um, in my 20s, um, the doctors had said, don't eat spicy foods, don't eat caffeine, don't eat fatty foods, don't eat... Peppermint, Peppermint. Say, you know, I don't... mean, and they never once mentioned sugar or processed carbohydrates, and I am, you <sighs> know, was 25 years of misery before I found Weight and Wellness. And,
3: and what was your typical breakfast back then that you told um, me? My typical breakfast was
0: Special K with skim milk, a piece of toast, and some... Um, grape juice. You know, and that's
3: probably thirty-five teaspoons of sugar I'm right sure. there. Sure. And um and
0: actually what was happening to me, and I would take a multivitamin that was probably not being absorbed, but I was vomiting every morning. And that's when I went into the doctor when I was about, oh, twenty three or something. And um the doctor said to me, Maybe you just need to change the type of juice you drink from grape to orange. <laughs> and so I tried
3: it. Well, Guess what? Sure. Did it work? no didn't do a dang thing so great point mary that processed carbohydrates you know juice certainly all of these things that turn to sugar absolutely if they're not the only cause of your heartburn, they're a big contributor. Yeah. So get back to eating real foods. We're going to take our last break. Can you believe it? Only 15 minutes left in this hour, sadly. <laughs> so um, we'll be right back. And when we return, Mary and I, oh, you know what? I'm not even going to talk about that little opinion article okay. in Forbes magazine because we have so much other good stuff to get to, and we still have Vicki holding on the line. So we're going to come back, take another caller, and talk about some more solutions to acid reflux.
0: Welcome back to Nutrition. We are
3: back for the final minutes of
0: what has been a jam packed uh, morning for and us again. Look at all the stuff we still want to talk I about. I know, it's just never long enough. Right. Um, talking this morning about GERD and acid reflux. And we did have a caller who didn't want to go on air and had a question about um, taking Tums for their calcium. And interestingly, interestingly enough, I was told to give my 18-month-old, who is now 16, um, Tums, when he was a baby and diagnosed with a dairy intolerance for his calcium. I am shaking my head. For and when I told Dar see. that the first time seven years ago, she went, oh! And oh, um, man. the reason is, is Tums are calcium carbonate. And calcium carbonate is the least absorbable form of calcium that you can take in. In adults, it causes kidney stones oftentimes. Right. And so... Um, Our plan over the years has been to get calcium through dark leafy green vegetables, which have more calcium than dairy products. Almonds. Yep. Broccoli. Broccoli. I mean, you know, really good food. You can get calcium through. Salmon with the
3: bone in, if you don't mind that. Yeah.
0: So that has been our plan. And Adam is doing just great as well as so am I. And I don't have any dairy um, in my diet either. And then um, I do supplement with a good calcium um, at night before I go to bed, and mm-hmm. it's a pharmaceutical grade that I get through
3: nutritional weight and wellness, so mm-hmm. um so yeah, you want to change up that tums that's not doing you good, and it's it's neutralizing stomach acid besides, so it even though it's not totally stopping um Absorption of things like iron and B twelve, it's not helping because right. it's neutralizing that stomach acid. So get off the tums at night for a calcium supplement. Mary mentioned some good foods that are good sources um, at at our office, and I know a lot of chiropractors sell it as well. We have something called Cal Appetite Plus, which mm-hmm. I think is the Cadillac version of calcium supplements, and that's what it I It is. And even a I calcium citrate is a lot
0: more absorbable than Absolutely. a calcium carbonate, which is not going to do you any good.
3: Absolutely. So. So what do you say? Where should we... um... Well, let's talk
0: about a typical day of not eating gluten. Um, Because I think for people, especially starting out when I had to do this, it was overwhelming...
3: Let's give a no-gluten, no-dairy plan yeah. that that doesn't have a ton of processed carbohydrates in yeah. it either because, remember, you have to kick the sugar habit to get rid of your reflux.
0: Right, because really, this is about getting back to the basics. And when you think about it as basic food, it is much less overwhelming than thinking right. about, oh, I can't have my favorite crackers anymore or I can't have my favorite whatever it is. So what's a typical
3: breakfast for you, Mary?
0: (laughs) Well, this morning I had um, eggs, two eggs in... A little bit of butter, and I actually had Brussels sprouts that I had made the other night for dinner.
3: Whatever, so you did that <laughs> just so you could kiss up to the boss, Dar. We know ah. you're listening, and we know it's your favorite vegetable, Dar. Oh, mine Good too, for you, Mary. mine too. But I made them for dinner you know, the other night, and you know. I had leftovers. So perfect, really. It's a great way to start. If you the morning. can open up your mind to unconventional breakfast yeah. items, you know the sky is the limit. And then a great morning snack that I love on this gluten-free, dairy-free plan that our family is on could be a beef stick my favorite brand is the thousand hills yes, cattle company for sure thousand hills cattle company is at the co-ops and it's also at colburn's one of those beef sticks it's grass-fed meat maybe nine or ten grapes for your carbohydrate and then a small handful of nuts almonds or walnuts would be the most nutritious it's a great morning snack
0: yeah and lunch we are getting into. The fall, oh, um, where morning. it's kind of cooler out this week. I made the turkey, Minnesota turkey, wild rice casserole that is on our website. We have a lot of recipes on there. If you didn't know, I really
3: like um, that one.
0: I made that one, and so that will probably be my lunch today. I think I also have some leftover chicken legs, um, and I've been making chili the last couple of weeks with my canned tomatoes from my garden, Cassie. Oh. So, um, yeah, those are all great, easy lunch. I mean, Best think of leftovers choice. for lunch, mm-hmm. um, but leftovers that are very basic foods mm-hmm. is really meat and vegetables and maybe a little bit of fruit. Um, yeah, and maybe good some fat. brown
3: rice or some wild rice for some filler. Right, and we're all about the good fat. So Yes, and, and the chili recipe Mary's talking about is on our website as well. So if you go to weightandwellness.com and click on recipes, you're going to find some great gluten-free and dairy-free ideas. Um, afternoon snack.
0: Afternoon snack, you know, for me is typically, I like Applegate Farms um,
3: lunch Deli. meat. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah,
0: I also like some of the Beeler's products. They're all so oh. good. The Beeler's ham is a really good one. Had that. Um, but I I will typically have some of that lunch meat. I will have maybe a small apple with that. Mm-hmm. And maybe for my good fat, I will have some nuts. And as you may or may not have noticed, we are doing a protein, a good carbohydrate, and a good fat. And that is what we call balanced. And that for someone with reflux or gluten or dairy sensitivity is a perfect combination.
3: Yes, because when you remember, like Wendy, our colleague, says think of PFC instead of KFC. Mm -hmm. So protein, fat, and carb, that balances out your blood sugar. So you're not going to get those high spikes that will cause reflux for somebody that's prone to reflux. So great snack idea, Mary. A supper, you know, it could be anything that you can grill or broil. If you like salmon, if you like halibut, you know, fish a couple times a week is always a good idea. Then maybe have a half of a sweet potato with that. And on the side, you could have lots of steamed broccoli if you like broccoli. And be sure to put a little organic butter on your broccoli and your sweet potato, And there you have it, a day's worth of gluten-free, dairy-free, delicious eating.
0: And when you're thinking about um, your fish or your meat, the most important thing, especially if you're eating out, don't get any breading on there. Um, Don't get anything that's deep fried. Just go very basic. And things are still really delicious, um, but you just really have to feel and think basic when you are talking about a gluten-free diet.
3: Yep. And, you know, butter should work fine for people that are going dairy-free. Both Mary and I use butter with no problem, as do my kids. The reason is the aggravating components of dairy are the lactose, the milk sugar, Mm -hmm. and then the proteins in the dairy. But if you think about butter and heavy whipping cream as well, butter and heavy whipping cream are just pure fat, so they should work fine. You know, Mary, we're going to have to think about wrapping it up soon, and I'm just thinking... If you had to tell your class members, because you teach a lot of classes, one supplement um, for the reflux, what do you always say?
0: The supplement for reflux that I always recommend is acidophilus, mm-hmm. and it is before bedtime is when that's recommended because we know that that's the longest point of time you go without eating, and so it helps control that acid overnight. And so yeah. when you're waking in the morning, you're not having such a build up. but acidophilus seems to be a great one. Yep, so one
3: or two capsules at night, that's what I always recommend too. And oftentimes, I would, you know, probably 99.9% of the time, if I have somebody with reflux, I'm always thinking of healing their entire digestive system because Mm -hmm. oftentimes there's damage to the intestinal tract too. Right. So taking some bifidobacteria separate from the acidophilus and some L-glutamine to heal. So L-glutamine and bifido during the day... An acidophilus. acidophilus at night. At and that was my
0: night. regimen when I started trying to heal my intestine as well.
3: And that is Riley's regimen too. And it is working great, my yeah. son, with the reflux. So that's what we recommend. Um, and get off of those antacids. And we are almost at the top of the hour. So as we wrap things up, I just want to say to listeners, I do hope Mary and I have given you hope. Hope that it is possible to heal your acid reflux. It is possible to get rid of your heartburn, and guess what? You don't need to spend $2,000 a year on a little purple pill to get you there. You simply need to eat real food, possibly you need to get out the gluten and the dairy, and for sure you need to kick the sugar habit. Because you know what? Food matters. It's that simple. You know, if you were a farmer, you would never pour sludge down your John Deere tractor and expect it to run. And yet that's what so many Americans are doing day in and day out, pouring sludge down their throat in the form of these processed foods. And then you have reflux. So get back to eating real food and let your body heal from the inside out. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Have a great day.
0: The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose,
2: treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.